We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. We have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? Down, 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 down. I'm just thinking. That's just my impersonation of what our new intro music could sound like once I finally stop procrastinating and actually get a new intro done. You know, you know, you, you've you've been saying that for about like five months now, I think, <laughs> and you still haven't done it. No, so no, no, no. I'm... You you're definitely confusing the first time I made the one we have now though. But yeah, I have been saying oh, this for a okay. while too because yes. of how much you've gotten on me to, to change that out. And it's not because you have a problem with the music itself. That one, that's a funky beat right there. But it's yes. specifically the clip, uh, your, your scripted line of pretty much our mm-hmm. motto, our mission statement of we're too young to have a spotted cow, but join us every week. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe you say we're diehard Packers fans, whatever. You, you just heard the intro. You know what part I'm talking about. But eventually, I'll, I'll get the new intro done. You know, One that's when, like, we were, like, new, like, our first yeah. month of probably doing it. And I had, like, no experience at oh, yeah. all. So that's that's my excuse. So <laughs> All, every single one of those clips, I was just lazy. So I was like, okay, let me, let me just get these clips from one singular episode, even though I have all of them saved on my computer. Let me just get the clips from this one episode, put some random stuff in there so it sounds like we're having a fun time and we do it every time. Um, so, but yeah, that, that's what our intro is. I'll, I'll get that done someday. If I, if, I have, if I have free time this weekend, I'll get it done. Or maybe that's a bi-week activity. For me. Uh, that, that, that's, that's, that's what you said the past five times you've told me that you were going to do it. So That is true. Yeah. I also that told you true. quite a bit like uh, a year ago when you asked me to make you an Instagram profile picture for your Jamal Williams fan page. I told you quite mm-hmm. a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, all, I'm almost done with that. Then it never happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that never happened. Anyways, okay, we can stop that, talking about my that, false promises. Yeah, and that's why I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> Anyways, let's do it, folks. I'm Joey joining you from St. Louis, and we got Big B joining us from the Upper Peninsula in Michigan. We are ready to delve into some exciting Packers stuff. We got quite a handful of topics as it is Minnesota Vikings week, a rival week, and uh, we got some topics to talk about. We'll recap the Seahawks Seahawks game. We'll talk about Big B's big news channel 26, NBC 26 debut, Uh, and then I actually – um, oh, yeah. Put myself through uh, a 30-minute episode of a Minnesota Vikings podcast that I found. It was torture, but it was also kind of cute oh, to hear them have hope. And, um, like, they were literally talking about uh, – I made it to the end. I was kind of, like, zoning out a little bit, not paying as much attention. And then I'm like, wait, are they talking about Minnesota Vikings playoff soaps? Like, what? Like, they were literally talking. Okay. If they beat the Packers, what are the odds that they dominate in the playoffs? I'm like, what? What, what is going on here? They had some fun segments. So, you know, if I was struck by the devil and had to be a Vikings fan, I'd enjoy their podcasts. But luckily, God, God likes me. No, oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, all so, right. So, yeah, we'll get into that Minnesota Vikings preview, and it should be a fun time. Uh, uh, but Big B, uh, if you didn't hear, um, bought some stock. So I'm actually privileged. Mm-hmm. We're talking to an NFL owner today. I'm going to I'm gonna try to get mine eventually. Yes. Uh, but with this, Rachel Hotmeyer, wonderful Rachel Hotmeyer, our friend at NBC26, she was doing a whole uh, segment for her, her, her news channel on Packers – uh, fans that were looking to finally get some stock uh, after, you know, p- passing up or not being able to back in 2011, their last stock sale. Uh, and she interviewed a handful of fans. And then also just because she's so 
close with Packers Twitter and she knows so many people from there. She interviewed uh, Big B and also three other great people, uh, Perry, Maggie, and Tom. But Big B had a great news segment. I was streaming it and I was like, there he goes. Look at him go. Big B, how, how did it feel to make your news debut? Um, I, well, I was very nervous because I didn't know what to expect. This was like my first time going on Zoom for like a news thingamabob. And it was, it was pretty fun. I had a great time talking with Rachel as I never done before, but as always, you know, great time talking with people in the Packer world. And yeah, we talked for about four minutes, just a couple conversations. Of course, only one got in there, like. (laughs) But we all know that happens in the news. Yeah, that's that's what's like so not weird or whatever to me, but just like and not only kind of that setting where they're looking for witness interviews in a typical case or just like town people interviews, but also in like bigger interviews with celebrities, even like they're asking so many questions and they're just looking for that one golden clip. Rachel mm-hmm. obviously wasn't trying to manipulate you, but uh, yeah, I know. let's. Let's roll your interview clip. I got really excited because I've been looking forward to them doing this again. And um, my mom just said, uh, hey, I'll just buy this for your birthday present this year. Okay, there it is. Great job, Big B. Uh, how does it, does it feel any different now being a Green Bay Packers owner? Um, You know, my, my life has changed for the better. I feel more happier. <laughs> um, just I feel like I'm smiling a lot more it just just feels amazing whoever said money can't buy happiness must have not been alive during the Packers uh stock sales three hundred dollars and uh you know you haven't got your 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 uh certificate yet so you know you mm. you don't even got the full part I, I'm sure it's going to be an awesome addition to all your your shelf and memorabilia behind you man yeah okay so that's Bigby on the news uh, let us know if you bought some Packers stock in the comments down below. I know a lot of people were uh, just because of, like I mentioned earlier, just not being able to uh, last time around. Uh, but now let's talk about the Packers eighth win on the season at Lambeau field against the Seattle Seahawks, shutting down Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, which was phenomenal to see. Um, and mostly that was due to the great job by the Packers' pass rushing core. I mean, give it up for them once again with another great performance here. Um, Dean Lowry, we always like to talk about him. Dean Lowry. Who, uh, you know, he's had better games this season, which says a lot. But uh, the Packers had a total of 32 pressures against the Seahawks. Most of the time, they weren't even blitzing. They were rushing four, and they still got Russell in a hurry, even at like this, by the start of the second quarter, uh, Russell's game plan is uh, his whole moment, everything. He just lost pace and everything that he was trying to do was shut down very quickly by the Packers defense line. So 32 total pressures. Uh, Kenny Clark and Preston Smith had a total of eight pressures each. That's pretty crazy right there. And we'll talk about Preston Smith and Kenny Clark and how they're going to have to help each other out this week against Minnesota uh, later on. But uh, so Kenny pressing eight pressures each, Rashawn Gary getting four, uh, TJ Sladen, Ian Lowry, and Wendy Mercedes each get in three. So really good numbers right there. Uh, total of three sacks for Green Bay. But if you watch the game, you could see that Russell was in a hurry for a majority of the time on offense. Uh, you know, well, I want to cherry pick from this group right here is TJ Sladen. We talked about it lightly last week. We'll talk about it lightly again this week. He had a, he had a good game and yeah. some limited snaps. I mean, uh, he had Kenny Clark go out in the after the first half against Kansas City. He played pretty good. Played pretty good this week. I like what I'm seeing from TJ Sladen for a fifth-round draft pick with unlimited playing time like to see it and I wanted to talk about another power of the Packers defense and that is the secondary and specifically their duo of safeties I put out a video over on the YouTube this Wednesday talking about the Packers secondary and how Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage have played a really key part in that I wanted to bring up a tweet from Mike Renner 
from PFF. Uh, and, and, you know, this he's not saying any anything super informational or informative, nothing really new. But he says uh, they don't get a ton of love because you rarely see them on broadcast angle. But Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos have been the secret sauce to the Packers' defensive success. Best safety duo in the NFL. And, you know, I'm not acting like, oh, yeah, I completely agree with you. They they never show up on the broadcast. But when I watch that All-22, I see them. So I don't watch All-22, but I, I'll take Mike's word for it because I know Adrian and Darnell are just that epic, dude. I'll take Mike's word for it yes. that they're great on the All-22, too. And I know for a fact they are better than some of the Packers' safeties of the past. They're better than Tremont Williams was at safety. They're better than um, – Man, I'm trying to even think here. Who was the dude? Ha-ha Clinton Dix. Ha-ha Clinton Dix. Yeah, that's, that's pretty brave of you to admit. Um, I know. Then, Big um, ha Clinton Dix fan, too. So Yes. Uh, who was the guy? I used to make so much fun of him. But speaking of Minnesota, it was a week two game that ended in a tie. I, I think it was in 2018. And he lets up a, a bad touchdown to Adam Thielen. Oh, shoot. Shoot. I I, I cannot recall his name. I might have to look this up here, but I think he was on the practice squad for a long time. (laughs) But the only reason I care about this so much is because I I hated him every second after this play. So so, so let me look this up. Was it Jermaine Whitehead? Uh, That might be it. And that's that's another good one either way, even if it's not him. Uh, (laughs) Shoot. Yes. I, I cannot find it. But anyways, Packers have had some bad safeties. So to fast forward to now mm-hmm. and them having a great duo, it's pretty phenomenal to watch. Adrian Amos should have had at least two interceptions against Seattle. Uh, he had a pretty easy one. But then on that last drive, Russell Wilson, it was pretty much impossible for him to take a deep shot just because of how good uh, Amos was playing, just lockdown coverage. Um, also in that secondary, you had Eric Stokes. Um, a total of 47 snaps, 47 uh, dropbacks and coverage, if you will, four targets and zero receptions. And Holden, him and Rasul Douglas, Holden, Tyler Lockett, and uh, DK Metcalf to under 50 yards. Like, what in the world? That's pretty insane. Uh a great wide receiver duo uh, here for Seattle. Two great guy, players. Uh, maybe not DK Metcalf. I, I don't want to compliment DK at all. Um, but a phenomenal job by them. Oh, not only from Eric to not have Sto- uh, Wilson respect him so much that he doesn't target him at this point. Uh, but also that's mainly in part to uh, the defensive line, like we were just talking about, getting tons of pressure on Russell and giving him very little time to even throw it up there. So that's the story of this game. That's, that's a good stuff of this game. The defense playing really yep. well. Once again, uh, big and, and before, before, before I move on, I, 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 you're probably getting there to let me talk about something, but I wanted to touch on the um, secondary and kind of the Packers defense as a whole Packers secondary, we all thought, like, oh, my God, what are we going to do when Jair goes out? And then Jair goes out. And then we're all like, what are we going to do? <laughs> we're like, oh, my God, Kevin King. Oh, my God. Okay, we got Eric Stokes. He's going to be good, even though he hasn't played a single snap yet, I feel like. And no matter who they plugged in, and this goes for the defense as a whole, no matter who they plugged into any position, they have seemed like they have played a lot better. Kevin right. King has seem to play a lot better, especially the last few weeks, maybe not the first couple weeks, but you know, he's starting to get into the system, try to sure. feel more comfortable. Rashul Douglas got him off the streets. He came up, of course, with that big interception. He has played fantastic ever since. And Eric Stokes looking like a stud so far. And that, right. and like I said, this goes for like the entire defense as a whole. So props to Joe Barry props to all the assistant coaches. This defense is legit. It yeah. is legit. No matter, it doesn't matter what you all think. This defense is legit, and you're gonna have to accept it. Yes, I, I love that. I love that last line from you. There, you're gonna have to accept it. All these offenses are gonna have to accept it. I also yes. love 
that you brought up Kevin Keene because finally we, you know, we are Kevin Keene truthers, man. And even after week one, I started to lose a little faith. I'm like, Oh my God, Kevin, I just spent the last five months trying to maybe not defend, but give reason to why the Packers kept you around. And then you just have another awful performance in week one, even worse than most people. Uh, in week one but now he is probably having the best season of his career I really hope man he's had he has had one injury so far this year I hope that's the end of it because that has been such a problem for him uh yeah he's having a great year I think it was maybe his second or third year um pretty sure it was his second year um was it it was 2019 he led the team in interceptions was that the year you're talking about I, I I know he led the team uh, in 2019, but I also think he maybe uh, both of them 2018, 19. But anyways, at the start of his career, he had some. He was playing good at some points, but he just constantly be injured time and time again, slow to get back, whatever. So yeah, I hope that two to three week uh, time he missed is the end of it for Kevin this season. And we were talking about uh, we were talking with. MK Burgess a few weeks ago and we were doing our award midseason awards. And we said, uh, we left comeback player of the year out because that's kind of seen as a award, just seen for players that make a comeback after injury. But if, if we, you know, if we're throwing that comeback player of the year award back in to the Packers realm, Kevin King definitely gets that award for me so far this year. Um, yes just coming back from bad play so that's that Kevin Keene great job and they have a pretty like even looking at it now I I hate because I feel like every single Packers podcast out there every single week now at this point is just like hey guys this defense is good it's like okay yes it's week 10 we get it but this Packers defense is good so yes that's that. And uh, finally, uh, you know, you don't need us to tell you any more of that. So hopefully they continue it throughout this final stretch here. Yeah. Now let's move on to the offensive side of the ball here. And first I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, and then we'll talk about some other things. Aaron Rodgers was not at practice all week leading up to Seattle, still on the COVID list. He was activated Saturday. Uh, he was involved in virtual meetings afterwards, uh, so he was able to be involved in the game plan. He also had films of practice just to see what they were kind of doing. But look, ooh, buddy, especially in that first and second quarter, Aaron Rodgers did not – ooh, he, he was definitely off. And I think some people have already forgotten about in Arizona, also those, those first two or three quarters – he was off the first quarter from him. Yeah. He was straight up inaccurate. And obviously they ended up getting the win there, but uh, yeah. And I, I feel like uh, I've had this thought a few times before. I feel like the only time we ever talk about Aaron Rodgers on the show, uh, instead of just like, if we're not just glancing over him because it's the usual performance from like, Oh yeah, Aaron played great good stats whatever whatever the only time like we actually tight deep into his play is when he plays bad and here we are once again i feel bad he's a friend of the show you know um i i i feel like that goes for like almost like a lot of players like i feel yeah. like we like dive into their performance like when they're terrible not when they're great but when they're terrible I, right i just find that funny for, for sure like especially because i mean we're just used to a lot of them Devontae Adams, though, we, we never – I mean, he he put he never has a bad week, really. And if he yeah. does, we'll just, you know, oh, it's, it's Roger's fault, obviously. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not singing. I'm not here to say this is it, people. Aaron Rodgers is clearly falling off, and I get to fight for my narrative that Jordan Love is – it's his time because Jordan Love wasn't good against Kansas City either. But all no. – in a vacuum. I'm not trying to make any other points from this. I'm not trying to make any – I'm not trying to imply anything. I'm just saying 
Aaron Rodgers has not played like Aaron Rodgers against Arizona or Seattle. All right. Uh, now let's talk about A.J. Dillon, the running back man. And so funny to me because I, I go around watching various different streams during the, the game. So like Tom Grossi, Matt Ramage, she said TV. I, I kind of check in variously with them. So I never hear the broadcast. And I'm, I'm a fan of Tony Romo uh, and Jim Nance. I like them as broadcast duo. And I don't hear them, well, one, because they rarely commentate NFC games, but also Packers games. Like we get one Tony Romo game per season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, that's not, that's not even related. But when I was rewatching broadcasts of this game, Tony or Jim said that in their broadcast meeting the day before with Matt Fleur, he said something like, oh, I really like what I A.J. Dillon is doing, man. Uh, yeah, no, he is just really playing at a high level, man. Um, I, he's had a hot hand. He's been getting on these past few weeks. I'm thinking, dude, why don't you use them? And, like, <laughs> and it's so frustrating with Matt, too, because sometimes uh, like there was this situation in Arizona where, you know, we're and so many other Packers fans are spouting off. Um, in the goal line situation where they would not run the ball and it almost cost them the game because they couldn't points, put points on the board. And, you know, after that game, he said, uh, yeah, what they were showing in the goal line, they were pretty much playing goal line all game. And that kind of prevented what we wanted to do in the running game. And there's screenshots of the all 22. Now that prove that I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, but it is so frustrating because most of the time after a loss or any situation where I'm like, Man, I really wish we'd run the ball more. Matt Lafleur goes out there and says, "Yeah, no, I really wish it, it's on me. We should have ran the ball more." And I'm like, "What? You're telling me I'm right?" That's 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 the only time I don't want Matt Lafleur to confirm I'm right, dude. And it's like, especially after uh, this Chiefs game loss, I am so sick and tired of Matt Lafleur's post game loss speech. Uh, it's, it, it comes down to us and the coaching staff, man. We got we got to do a better job at, at a game plan here. Uh, you know, we, we should have ran the ball more. I'm like, oh, my God, do it then. Learn from yeah. it. And so. It's like, it's like just, yeah, it's like now you think of it after the game. Right. Like, we can't think of that, like, 15 minutes ago when we were going on a game-winning drive. Like, geez. Yeah. But, and I feel like we've talked about that every week, too. But hopefully yeah. – Hopefully we'll get it going. But we were talking about A.J. Dillon. Uh, he had 66 yards uh, and also had a big day in the running game, uh, helping out a lot with that that big screen late in the game. Uh, so he had a total of 120 yards from scrimmage uh, and two touchdowns where, I mean, the offensive line pretty much just collapsed instantly at the goal line and he just ran it in, in himself. So that was fun to see. Uh, he got two good Lambo leaps in there as well. Uh, but big, yeah, I think that's all I got to add on the Seattle Seahawks game. Anything you want to add? Um, Patrick Taylor looked good in the few carries that he got. Yep. Um, also one thing before we move on to the Vikings, I wanted to say about before I, wait, no, let me restart this. Words are hard. I was watching Packers Daily. I forget if it was yesterday or this morning. Nagler said, or was it Nagler? I don't know. I, was, I watched so many Packer things. Somebody <laughs> said on YouTube this week that the Packers were running a lot more three linebackers before Whitney Merciless got injured to what they were doing with Z when he was healthy. And I think that's going to be big going into this week. I don't mm. really – I just feel like that is what our defense does well, having the three linebackers get the players, all the players utilized. Whitley Merciless was coming on too, so I'm I'm just sad to see him go. I I hate acting like he died, but (laughs) yeah, I I hate so much that Whitney is out for a year now, and uh, we'll talk next in a second here about some injury updates we got from Coach. Uh, Yeah, but man, like. Looking back at it, and I, I, it's been such a popular phrase or idea this year of going back to before week one or even after week one and telling a Packers fan 
the situation nine weeks later. And like, just imagine us getting to listen to the episode, the, uh, the us before week one, getting to listen to the episode we're recording right now, where we're like, that would, we would, our minds would be blown right now. We're talking about a phenomenal defense, Kevin Keane playing well, AJ Dillon, what? Uh, Whitney Mercedes, Rasul Douglas, what in the world? Like Patrick Taylor getting reps, right? Jeez, dude. Yeah, it would have been crazy, and just like the, but at the same time, I was thinking about it last night. This is what makes, uh, being loyal and paying a lot of attention to a, a football team and really any professional sports team, but I think it's even stronger in the NFL. But that's what makes it so fun. It is so incredibly unpredictable that Whitney Mercedes, who had a, a great seven, eight-year career with Houston, is now here in Green Bay because that Darius Smith is out for the season after even playing in week one. And Rasul Douglas is the Packers' number two corner. So – it's been quite the ride. And then it would be even yes, crazier yes. when we get to the Aaron Rodgers vaccine. Oh, jeez. Okay, now let's talk about right. some injuries here. Uh, like we mentioned, Mercedes, really unfortunate situation. Uh, he tore his biceps. He's out for the season. Well, he'll, he'll still get that Super Bowl ring, though. Uh, Rashawn Gary oh, yeah. uh, and Aaron Jones, it looks like we escaped two bullets here for what it's worth. Sean Gary had a hyperextended arm. Uh, he is he posted on his Twitter that he's trying to play this week. I tell him, Rashawn, I love your drive. I love your power, man. But um, you, you gotta sit down. You gotta you gotta take take it easy here for a week. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Aaron Jones sprained his MCL and will be out for one to two weeks, which MCL is uh worse or no, it's it's much better of a situation than an ACL which was initially the pure case, especially after Tracy Wilson's reporting uh, live from the sideline that he was in tears talking to his family on the sideline. It was a very scary situation. Uh, but he, the, it, glad that's only MCL sprain. Uh, and it was so funny because I don't think – so I love the Packers YouTube chat on their press conferences because – People... Oh, I don't. I do not. I hate that thing with a burning passion. I don't know what the hell you are talking about. <laughs> That's all of you. All right, I'll let you have the floor for this one. I'm excited to see where this one goes. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I used to be in the same boat as you, and it does get me angry sometimes. And it got me angry initially this past week and when I was tuning in. But at a certain point, I just started laughing about it. I'm like, what? What is going on here? My favorites are always the people that think this is like a, um, like the press conferences are like a fan Q and A, and people can just like <laughs> leave their questions in the chat. That's funny. like that is funny. I'll give you that one. That is that is pretty funny. Yeah, or like it's like they're actually in the Zoom chat and they're just like making suggestions to reporters, which is hilarious. Uh, but you know, the, the YouTube chat it, it took many different directions. This week, uh, I think we should make this a weekly segment telling people uh, who missed it the many different topics talked about on the Packers YouTube chat. Uh, uh, there's a lot of talk about Rogers and the vaccine, uh, you know, whatever, stupidly enough. Um, but this guy, I think, you know, he, he had the right spirit, but he, he was a little misunderstanding. He said, he said in the chat, he said, so glad it's only an ACL tear for Aaron Jones, only out for one to two weeks. <laughs> like, he's, he's got the spirit. He's yeah. got the right attitude. But, man, uh, you know, he, he's a little confused, you know. But Yeah, that, that's definitely, that definitely gives me uh, Facebook vibes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, that's something like the dude in charge of reporting the news to the Packers Facebook group would put in there like Aaron Jones, great news. Aaron Jones only tore his ACL. Mm. So yeah. that kind of cracked me up. Um, <laughs> just wanted to add that. in there. Okay. 
let's let's talk. I wanted to give a shout out to our buddy Matt Ramage, and I I mentioned him earlier about his watch party, but he posted uh, a video to his Twitter. He posted a lot of videos to his Twitter of his watch party that he's been having these past few weeks. He said he had a chance to go to the game this past week, but he passed because he wanted to do his watch party again. So that's awesome. Um, you know, he, he purchased a couch for the studio now. Um, <laughs> it, it's a pretty phenomenal setup. And he's got literally, you know, he's, I'll, I'll show a clip of it for, in a second for our YouTube viewers. But he's got like a wall next to him. And he's got a whiteboard that he's writing the score on. No graphics, no anything. Just Matt Ramage having a beer and watching the Packers game. It's pretty phenomenal content. And the one clip I wanted to point out from this is uh, his reaction to his guy. He loves Preston Smith. Uh, he's had him on the show before. So Matt's reaction to Preston Smith dominating Zach on Russell Wilson on that final drive. Second down to 10, Packers up 17, nothing. Uh, Russell Wilson, the shotgun. Let's contain the shutout, baby. Shutting out the Seahawks would make. All right, we got pressure on him. He's rolling to his right. Preston Smith, my freaking guy. Preston Smith. Oh, 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 oh. That's what I'm talking about. Preston Smith, baby. Oh, this defense is so good. This defense is so good at football. Woo! Let's drink it up, baby. Oh, Preston. Look at him. <laughs> Shout out to Preston Smith, baby. Oh, my goodness. I just watched that. I just pulled it up for, like, the 40th time. That That is just a phenomenal clip. I don't know why Matt Ramage isn't in that little sponsored Packers Dan Hall of Fame thing they got going on. Like, that clip alone <laughs> should get him inducted. Like, that was absolutely phenomenal. He, I mean, he's just screaming his head off. I don't need to give you a secondhand commentary, but I, I, what is there not to love about Matt Ramage in that clip? I mean, I love it, dude. I love it. Matt Ramage, dude, one of the good ones out there. If you're looking – if you're getting tired – of the commentators on TV, check out at least one of the watch parties that the people on Packers YouTube do because they're they're always entertaining. Uh, oh yeah. So let's let's talk about it now. I I don't even want to get into this uh, Aaron Rodgers vaccine mess, and we're not we're not going. I I hate that I even want to bring this up, but there were some terrible no questions. Way. Aaron Rodgers in his press conference after the game. I'm just watching it. I'm like, guys, 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 I hate the state of press conferences now and media interviews with NFL players. I I say this like I was around before the age it is now with Instagram and social media because everybody is really – because they're not looking. Most people aren't looking at – for a quote that they're going to use, a long-developed quote, long-developed story that they're going to use in a story or article they're going to publish. People are looking for now a little quote that can make them go viral. They're looking for a funny thing that the NFL will repost on their Instagram, whatever, that will get them a lot of recognition. Like, they aren't looking for actual good answers from Aaron Rodgers or NFL quarterbacks. Any athlete in general and i think that should be the purpose of press conferences i mean that is but and so now people like it's just the same generic questions week in and week out like after a loss after a win you can always count on somebody to ask him like the most basic question and roger uh aaron can you just talk us through your emotions right now Oh my God. Yes, Aaron. That's, that's the question I really need to hear Aaron answer or that. Okay. Yeah. So you have questions like that, but this week specifically after the game, it was the first time the media got to talk to Aaron after um, they last talked to him uh, before he was even placed on the COVID list. So probably uh, after the Cardinals game. So 
not only was there questions about the Seahawks game, there was also questions about uh, his vaccine, what he said on Pat McAfee's show. So, uh, Mike Clemens, dude, Mike Clemens, dude, he asked Rogers, and there was many other stupid questions. Um, and I'm not trying to, to target point finger, say, oh, this person should be fired. That's for another time. But Mike Clemens asked, and there was just so many hypotheticals about his vaccine choice. And so Mike asked, what would you, how would you feel if you missed the Super Bowl because of your vaccine status? And Rogers handled this well. He had a good answer to it. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to answer a hypothetical question or like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not in this game. What if, what if, you know? So I just like, what is Aaron, what is Aaron supposed to say to that? What, what answer are you looking for, Mike? Are you like, I don't, uh, do you want him to start breaking down and being like, yeah, that would, I would be failing my teammates then. Or yeah, I would really regret my decision then. Uh, like if Aaron Rodgers misses the Super Bowl, regardless, he's going to be pretty upset about it. I, I, mm-hmm. I am just struggling to find what answer the reporter is looking for in that scenario. I don't, I don't get it. That press conference overall was interesting to watch. Yeah, that one was pretty brutal. Pretty brutal, say. yeah. Pretty brutal. That's that. We'll see if the media comes up for better questions. Uh, or I, I guess he talks today, but we'll, we'll see – what they have up their sleeves after this Minnesota game. And speaking of that, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings game. Like I mentioned earlier, I did some research this week. I listened to a Vikings podcast. Oh, boy. It was interesting, entertaining, and I'm sure it'll be even more interesting and entertaining um, after they lose this weekend. And uh, let's take them scenes because I think Minnesota Vikings fans, the impression I've got from them and their thoughts – on their season has been very bipolar. Uh, one week they're calling for Mike Zimmer fired. The next they're uh, hoping for U.S. Bank Field to be renamed Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. There's not a B in there. Mike Zimmer uh, Stadium. Build a statue for him. Uh, same thing. They have the same reactions with Kirk Cousins every week. But this past week, they built they beat a really good team in the Los Angeles Chargers, twenty-seven to twenty-one, in a close one. Just like all of their games have been so far, really close. Even in the ones they have uh, lost, uh, specifically at the start of the year, they've had some really close games. Uh, and I, what I took the key that won them that game against LA was Mike Zimmer's aggressiveness and finally putting putting trust in his offense and not just having the defense go out there and hope the defense can win them the game, uh, which has kind of been the MO of the Vikings for quite a while now because uh, mm-hmm. they've been putting together such great defenses. But they were really aggressive instead of trusting their defense, not that he doesn't feel his defense can do it, but instead of just putting it all on his defense against the Chargers when they're down and half our score behind, he lets his offense go for it on fourth down. They took a lot of deep shots uh, in this game. They finally got Justin Jefferson, his targets, who just a week or two before had a big blow up, probably mostly from his agent side because Jefferson wasn't getting as much targets as he should be for his talent. Um, And this week he had nine receptions for 143 yards. So there's more proof to you that they really went on that deep shot heavy against LA, but uh, the Packers this past week against Seattle completely shut down and really focused on stopping that deep shot to Metcalf in Lockett, which Metcalf can be really scary at in a whole different way. Uh, so that will be really interesting to see if Mike Zimmer wants to continue that against a safety duo in Amos and Savage. Um, like I said, they've been in a lot of close games. Kirk Cousins, he has an 18 to 2 touchdown to interception ratio right now. Good job, Kirk. Yeah. You're doing it. 
I, I feel like every single time, I mean, Kirk, the fact that he hasn't thrown a memorable interception against the Packers up to this point, it's kind of infuriating, really. That Kevin King won in the uh, 2019 game. That one, that one was pretty memorable. True. I still remember that one. True. I'm trying to think back. 2019, where they won the division in Minnesota? 29, yep. Okay. That, that, that was a really good game. Yes, that was. Um, yeah, I, I think I know what player you're talking about. But, yeah, uh, Kirk, you got you got to pick him. You got to have one this weekend. Um, they got a situation with Dalvin Cook going on, but he's a really good player. He's going to play this week. 648 yards, 4.8 average yard per carry, and only three touchdowns at this point. Big B, what have you thought about uh, the NFC North rival Minnesota Vikings this season? Well, I'm going to piggyback off the of Delvin Cook, uh, what you said about Delvin Cook, that about the Packers. Packers haven't let up a 100-yard rusher all year. All freaking year. Packers haven't let up a 100-yard rusher, so that will be something to keep an eye on this week versus Delvin Cook, who seems to – absolutely destroy us i feel like every single time we play him so that's not scary at all and another little thing i found was that kirk cousins when he throws over 250 yards he is four vikings are four and one have record of four and one and when he throws under 250 yards they are zero and four so that's interesting that's a very interesting stat I uh, found on the social medias. That's an interesting one. I don't know what one? to make of it, really. Yeah. But um, sure. that first one on Dalvin Cook, for sure, every time, especially last year, where Dalvin Cook pretty much single-handedly won the Vikings that game at Lambeau, rushing for 532 yards, something like that, maybe a little bit off, maybe – 10 to 15 yards on that 532 yard different, give or take. Uh, but yeah, the biggest difference from now to then, though, is uh, Christian Kirksey compared to Devontae Campbell and whatever. And Dean they- Lowry and Dean Lowry playing like a Dean machine, Lowry, yeah. baby. That, I think, yes, that was definitely a problem in that game as well. Uh, Dean and Kingsley just being, you know, Thin walls that the Vikings offense line could just plow through. I didn't Dean didn't Dean Lowry get a like a wide open sack that game though? Am I remembering that correctly? I'm not as sharp on my Dean Lowry uh, trivia as you are, but you might be right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but okay, I'm gonna continue on here. Another thing I've noticed is that the um. Trenches, trenches. That's the word I'm trying to think of. The trenches are going to be huge this game because the Vikings defensive line is probably one of their weakest points on the team. So I expect a lot of AJ Dillon. I really hope uh, that we just pound the football. Hopefully we stick to the run. And the, um, but they also have um, a lot of sacks. They have 29 sacks tied for the most in the NFL so the O-line's going to have to step up for the run and the pass this week. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Uh, again, with their defensive line, those numbers, 29 sacks. That's yeah, and, and also also and also Rodgers has been sacked in every game this That's all. <laughs> that definitely just is not a similarity from 2020. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. There, there's so much I want to talk about, and there's so much to talk about comparing 2019 to 2020 Packers. That's not even what you mentioned in there, but offense flying for the Packers. That's mm-hmm. a whole nother topic. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're talking about – okay, yep, yeah, offense line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't let Aaron get sacked. Stick to the run game. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Pretty much. Um, yep. So, yeah, and then sticking to the run, it will be – I'm really intrigued to see what – if any other running backs are brought up, you had Reichwell Armstead on the practice squad. He was protected this week, so no other team could steal him um, on the practice squad. Uh, so I'd assume he'd get elevated. 
sometime before Sunday, uh, just because going into a game with two running backs is not so good of an idea. Uh, so, uh, Reichwell is a, a and they go ahead. And they also have uh, Kareth White, who they just signed a running back as well. So I thought I would throw that out there. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it will be intriguing to see. Uh, I'm sure the the lead on Dylan, obviously, you know, uh, but Patrick mm-hmm. Taylor, I'll, I'll be kind of interested to see if he gets more opportunities in the passing game and how many carries he gets in general, just how they split those carries up. Um, and and I and you could also potentially see a lot of more Randall Cobb. Uh, oh boy, we just watched him on Open Book, which is awesome. I enjoyed yes. that a lot. But Randall Cobb has been getting in the backfield um, a few times past couple games. So yeah. look out, look out for that. I'm excited for that. The return of Randall Cobb in the backfield. Good old Mike McCarthy days. Yes. Yeah. Randall uh, has been getting a little bit of involvement. And I know some people have already given up on Amari Rodgers and Hull because he's had some bad, bad might be being kind, <laughs> but I'll be kind to Amari and I'll say he's had yeah. some bad punt return experiences, but don't give up on his involvement in the offense yet. So mm-hmm. yeah, Randall Cobb, Amari Rodgers possibly going to have to take the load off of A.J. Dillon and then uh, unexperienced running back in Patrick Taylor this upcoming week. Um, and, and, yeah, so that be interesting, fun to see what Packers' offensive game plan will be. Hopefully they can get things going quick, uh, which they've kind of struggled at this season so far. Uh, one thing I want to bring up on the defensive side of the ball, and then we'll, we'll maybe give some bold predictions um, – Oh, oh, oh! Uh, you mentioned Randall Cobb on Open Book. Uh, so yeah. yeah, if you missed that, go to Game on Wisconsin's YouTube channel. Great people over there, uh, and go check out Randall Cobb's interview on Open Book with Jen, Zach, and Eli. It was awesome. I loved Randall Cobb's attire. Dude, dude's got the purple beat, uh, purple hoodie on, just like a white hoodie, some clear glasses. Dude, dude was rocking it though. Oh yeah, he he always ha- he always has my vote for the best dressed Packer for sure. You know, Billy Turner. That's you know he's in a whole different realm. I'm not saying that for good or bad. You know, he's just Billy Turner's style is just undefined, mm-hmm. really. Yes. Uh, where where are we going with this? Randall Cobb. I don't check him out on Game of Wisconsin. Um, okay, one the final point I wanted to bring up was about Kenny Clark helping out Preston Smith, which we mentioned earlier uh, at the very start of the episode, both of them having eight total pressures against Seattle. And now Preston, without Rashawn, most likely on his other side, the only outside linebacker he's going to have with him is more than likely going to be Jonathan Garvin and Tip uh, Galle. I know there's an end somewhere in there, but I'm not going to try. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, they also signed Ladarius Hamilton back to the practice squad. But Garvin and Galilee are probably going to be the two outside linebackers with him this week. So Kenny Clark is going to have to help him uh, press him out a ton by getting some pressure on, collapsing the center of that offensive line uh, on a, a pretty bad center, Garrett Bradbury. Uh, that's just a word on the street. Garrett Bradbury is not good. Yes, but, but I want to. But yeah, Preston Smith, man, that was such a move this off season. To, yep. To um reduce his contract or whatever they did, I don't remember. Yeah. But he coming off not very good statistical season for Preston Smith. All the fans are doubting him. And come to perform this season like he has and absolutely balled out. It's just amazing. I love Preston Smith so much, yes. and I'm so glad he's a Green Bay Packer. Tip of the cap to birthday boy today as we're recording this Preston. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday. We've talked about him a lot, and there's just ah, – ah, I love this 2021 Packers defense. Like, I, I <laughs> you know, I don't – I was planning not to have a, a bye week episode, but there's just so much I want to talk about in the defense that we can't fit into our – our target time for each four episodes, not that that exists, whatever, but I love this defense. There's so much to talk about with it. And uh, yeah, hopefully 
Another great Preston performance this week. Now, Big B, let's end it off with this. What, what, what are you some bold predictions you have against Minnesota? It can be all the way out there like we like to have fun with it or, uh, you know, whatever. Let, let's hear your bold prediction this week. Oh, man. Bold prediction. I, I would say Dean Lowry is going to get 10 sacks, but I already used that one uh, yeah. a few weeks ago. So let me go with hmm, – that's, that's very difficult. Um, you go. I, okay. I can't think right now. Here's what I'm on the spot. I'm thinking Alan Lazard is going to have a bounce back week after missing two deep uh, targets from Aaron Rodgers last week. I think he's going to bounce back here and uh, do some damage on that Viking secondary. At least 100 yards round. I don't even want to say at least 100 yards. I'm thinking more in the 80 range, but I want to be bold. I don't want to be <laughs> italics. I don't want to be underlined. I want to be bold. Have you thought oh, of man. your prediction yet? Don't yes. And I'm going to uh, Jeopardy music and post. <laughs> I'm going to go with Kevin King. Ooh. will get the game winning interception versus the Vikings book it. That's what I pick. That would be the most 2021 Packers season thing to ever happen. I got right. It. Right. <laughs> well, I think we're going to end it off here. That was just as fun as I imagined it being when I was putting crap ton of stuff in our script this week. Uh, Hopefully you guys enjoyed it just as much as we did. If you did make sure to hit that like button. If you're watching this on the YouTubes, Uh, follow us on all the social media, subscribe to our YouTube. If you're not yet, because we got a lot of content that we put out when we can. Uh, And we really appreciate all the support we get um big b any final thoughts till we throw it to our classic intro and outro music um let's see here jamal williams is still the goat wish he was on this packer team and make that's the reason why our offense sucks by the way it's because we didn't get because jamal williams is not playing for the packers that that that's it i don't know about that but that's that's my final words uh you know you just made me think of um tim boyle might be getting a start this week by the time this episode goes out that might be a different situation but golf is hurt with uh and he has an oblique injury and he also has a severe case of sucking at playing quarterback uh he'll have soon Jared. uh so it looks like timmy might get his opportunity uh this week against cleveland so i'll, I'll definitely be tuning into that Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll talk to you later. Go Pack Go.